Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell here, of course, with Kathy Petrus. In, not exactly here with Kathy Petrus, but Kathy in Armia, Spain. Hello, Kathy. Hello, Fletcher. And Ross Petrus, of course, in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Ross, how you doing? Very good, Fletcher. And so this week, uh, you, you sent me a, at least the topic of what we're talking about. And it looks like the official title is The Little Irritating Things That Always Trip Us Up. But I prefer kind of your alternate description, which is grammar rule thingies that drive us nuts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the technical way of putting it. We were a little concerned about using that. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, I say thingy a lot. Kathy hates thingy. <laughs> What do you think about the word thingy? I, I, well, I, it doesn't come up that often. Did I get thingy from you then, Ross? Because recently I was writing and I'm throwing thingy in there all the time. I, a number of times I've been quite hurt because I'll go thingy and you go, we can't say thingy. <laughs> well, yeah, I like to present myself with a, like, a level of decorum. <laughs> also, I have a question for both of you, though. Thingy, do you spell it T-H-I-N-G-Y or T-H-I-N-G-I-E? I'm an I-E. Ooh, this is interesting because I'm a T-H-I-N-G-E-E. Whoa. Fing- you fancy. Thingy. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would do it with a Y. I would do it with a Y. However, that reminds me, uh, I used to have guinea pigs, uh, which, which I love. I just don't happen to have any right now. And whenever I would write the word piggy, I would write it P-I-G-G-I-E rather than P-I-G-G-Y. Yeah. I-E. I'm yeah. with you. I-E. That's really interesting because I'm a Y person when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're covering all the bases, are we not? <laughs> and may I say, though, speaking of spelling, that we got an email for you, Fletcher? Oh, great. Probably based on our, our spelling bee that we did last time around. And I'm sure if it's from a listener that they want to make me spell some bizarre word. It's not actually that bizarre. Oh, okay. But it did get both Ka- it, it got both Kathy and me, though. You didn't it get you two together? I didn't yeah, know absolutely. It. I yeah. did not know how to spell this properly. I did not properly. Excuse me. Okay, it was Chicago guy Carl says. Okay, I've got another spelling bee word. I didn't realize until yesterday that I've been spelling it wrong all my life. As have Ross and I, incidentally. I'm curious to see if Fletcher can get it right, or is he spelling it wrong too? Oof. The word is rigmarole. Oh, because it's not actually rigmarole, right? It's rigmarole. Oh, Fletcher, oh, you did man. it. <laughs> You're right. All right, so I want to I I I need to say that I'm baffled that you guys have continued to spell it wrong because I know this word because of the two of you. When we talked about I think it was when we talked about epenthesis sometime back, quite yes. a, quite a while back now. We brought up rigmarole because it's it's not actually rigmarole; it's rigmarole. No. So is it is it R I G M A R O L E? Yes, okay. correct. It is. 
Well, we didn't even remember we brought it up. Yeah, so. I know. I know. Kathy, we got to start eating more fish. To get our <laughs> I'm taking taurine now. I mean, that's, what the heck? In, in all fairness, that was, oh gosh, probably five years ago now that we talked about that. So it's just one that stuck in my head. It did not in mine, clearly. But do you guys say, I mean, you probably say rigmarole like most people do, Always. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing that got us so, I mean, it can be pronounced rigmarole or rigmarole, but rigmarole, if somebody said that to me, I would say they were saying it wrong, actually. Uh-huh. Actually, I don't usually use the word at all. Well, no. But I think about it. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I'm either. not even positive what it means. You say things like the whole rigmarole, right? But what does it mean, really? It's something that's like, like long, um, confusing, complicated... It's like that. It's like bloody, bloody, blah. Right. Like I, you know, I, I went to the account and he started explaining how I had to do my taxes, and it was the whole rigmarole. Do you know what's really interesting, guys? I was just looking it up on Google Ngram, which is books usage in books only, so it doesn't. It's we're being approximate, but the height was in the 1930s and 40s, and it's dropped precipitously since then. It feels like something I'd hear in a, a screwball comedy from the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that common nowadays anyway. So so they're spelling people, even if you can't spell it. Yeah. <laughs> We're very nice and, and, and we clean up well. <laughs> well, uh, clearly that's not a, a grammar thingy that trips us all up, but that is what we're going to move into now is our little things that always trip us up our grammar thingies that drive us nuts right and some of these are not really that important which is also irritating because this first one uh, my wife wrote actually incorrectly and a person made a big thing about it and that's, i don't think that that's the thing i'm going to i'm just going to interrupt for a moment and, and sure. i apologize for that but that's the thing is that it, i'm guessing some of these are not very important but we would get letters at a radio station especially a public radio station about probably every single one of these things absolutely oh we get them too from our books yes we certainly do but we're going to start with we're going to do sentences with them and we're going to discuss the differences if they're important what they mean etc I, I want to interject ross i wanted to say fletcher the sentences we did some serious research to pick the exact ones that we thought would intrigue you with your background. Yeah. And that basically have a lot of truth in them as well. Truth. Particularly the first one. Okay, here we go. The two sentences here. We're going to talk about that and which. Fletcher's house, which has 18 bedrooms, a swimming pool, and a private movie theater, is in Kansas. Fletcher's house that has 18 bedrooms, a swimming pool, and a private movie theater is in Kansas. Okay. Those sentences sound suspiciously similar. There are two words that are different, or mm-hmm. rich and that. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell us the difference? Is it important? I can tell you. Well, I mean, I can't tell you the difference in meaning exactly. I can tell you that when I write a sentence like this, uh, if if there's a comma, <laughs> then I put which after it. So Fletcher's house, comma, which, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. That's what I would write. I would I would write which. Okay. But people do that all the time and we understand it perfectly well. So there's not I mean, I I can't imagine there's a huge difference really. Now I'm gonna jump in because it's nice to have you for once a little bit wrong. Lovely. Yeah, take that rigmarole boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> it just gives like, both, both of us a delightful sort of laughter right now. I believe it's called schadenfreude. <laughs> yes. No, this is a big, this is not a big deal. And a lot of uh, grammarians now say it's not a big deal, but a lot of times people nail you on it anyway. We're talking about two, basically the first sentence, Fletcher's house, which has 18 bedrooms, blah, 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 is in Kansas. The key point with the witch here is the witch introduces a clause or like a part of a sentence that's not necessarily really important to the sentence. Mm -hmm. The key point here is Fletcher's house is in Kansas. Okay. That's not where the comma though, when I'm interjecting Fletcher's point about the comma is well taken. Cause you, you can, I mean, you could do either with commas. I know that, but the point is, it's like, if you feel like you can comma it off, so to speak, it's like, it's not, it's not important. Right. The next one. Exactly. So Fletcher, you were, like, let's say 80% correct. Okay, we'll give you that. So, 15%, Ross. 15. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want to repeat what I often do, which is that I, I don't know the technical terms for diagramming sentences and all that. So basically, when I'm talking about using that comma, it's, it's creating that clause. Mm -hmm. You're right. Okay. You're creating, technically, you're creating a non-restrictive clause. Okay. You're, it's not really that important. It's, it's important, but it's not essential to the sentence. The next one is Fletcher's house that has 18 bedrooms, a swimming pool, and a private movie theater is in Kansas. In this case, we know that you have many houses or a number of houses, and the house that has 18 bedrooms, your DC mm -hmm. house I hear has only 16. Your house that has 18 bedrooms is in Kansas. That here indicates it's a restrictive clause. It is essential to the sentence, but, to the uh, idea uh, there. And and when you write that out, is uh, that clause is commaed off? No. No. Okay, that's the, You're right that's about the, the difference. Comma. No, that's what's all the, Sometimes, I, I'm, I'm interjecting, sometimes if the that is already there, and then you, you, you <laughs> wait a second, <laughs> sometimes you're going to end up with a comma where there is a that, but it's not necessary, whereas the which, it, it, you're right, it is necessary. So actually, I'll go back to Ross's 80, I'm going to make it 85%. Thank you. Least. I feel better mm -hmm. about that. I mean, rarely are we at 100% in English, right? Yes. So, so I, um, but, but I guess what I meant about it's there's not that much difference is often you're seeing the which and or that used interchangeably. So usually people aren't making the distinction between a restrictive or a non-restrictive clause when they're using they exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think technicians, if you will, grammarians yeah. do, um, and copy editors. Let me tell you, do because I'm I Boy, get, we get we a get, lot. This one, this one. I mean, you know, we're joking with you getting it wrong, Fletcher. But Kathy and I. I mean, this is the this is the bane of our existence with copy editors. We it always is. it's true always are getting witches switched to vats. And I know people are going to write and disagree with me and, and say that I'm like, you know, uh, 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 an apostate or something. I, I don't have any problem with slipping them around. I don't really care. I really don't. Well, there's one interesting sentence here that we have where they actually, you almost have to do it. Here, I'm going to say it. This is sort of a, this is not a normal sentence, but that which doesn't kill you or destroy you makes you stronger. <laughs> technically, <Well, laughs> technically should be that that doesn't kill you. That that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But I mean, come on, you know, like that which doesn't kill you is a lot better of a sentence. I, that, I think have always said that that doesn't kill you. <laughs> but you add, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I have not. I actually, I actually have never said that. But I think that's the key, really. Here, this is what these are the these are sort of persnickety rules that some people think are important, but most of us don't. 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, the British don't think it's important. Do the British make that change a lot? The British switch them sort of apparently, according to Garner's uh, modern American usage, the British switch them around with uh, with joy and abandon. I think Americans do too. I mean that you're you're mm-hmm. at your average American. I think definitely. Yeah, I think that your 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 grammar police get get on your back about it. But it's interesting though. I've got to I've got to say Garner. I just looked up Garner Ross because you brought this up. Did say that the uh, commas correctly use correctly signal that distinction. So I'm going to mm-hmm. have to give Fletcher now 100%. 98%. <laughs> I'll, 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 take, I'll take 98. Uh, it is, though, there I, as you described with those two sentences that you opened with, Ross, sometimes that distinction is necessary, though, to get across mm-hmm. the actual idea you're trying to get across. Yes. And in, in the, in in the, in the sentences that we did use, it probably is, is I would argue, it is best to, to, to keep to that which or at least the comma to set it off. Mm-hmm. I think if we did the second one, which I don't, which would be in, technically incorrect, Fletcher's house that has 17 bedrooms, uh, we could probably kind of squidge by. But even there, though, I think instinctively we feel it's slightly off. Fletcher's house, comma, that has 18 bedrooms, blah, 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 is in Kansas. I, I don't, I think many people would put the commas in. But I think which sounds better on that in this case, I'm saying. To use it as a as a as a non restrictive clause, which instinctively I would put which in this case. Fletcher's and, house, which has eighteen bedrooms, is in Kansas. Fletcher's house that has eighteen bedrooms is in Kansas. I think yeah. I kind of instinctively I think know without, the difference. Without knowing why, I want which. You're right. Yeah, You're and then I think without right. and then without knowing why, I think when I have it like as a restrictive clause with eighteen bedrooms, for some reason, oddly enough, and I'm guilty of of really mixing these two up. Oddly enough, I still think that sounds more correct. Whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it's a, it's a persnickety one. And speaking from experience, if you want to avoid thousands of uh, changes <laughs> on your manuscripts, yeah, right. I would advise learning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one is one we have talked about recently, but we're doing it again. Which Fletcher is right? Fletcher is the guy who has an amazing house. Fletcher is the guy that has an amazing house. Mm. Um, I know what I do when I write a sentence like that. I use who because to me it 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 uh offers a little more humanity to the life form that is being spoken about. <laughs> wow, Fletcher. You not only get a hundred percent, you get a hundred and ten percent. Because the good karma award. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of having a little extra compassion goes a long way sometimes. <laughs> I really We're don't easy. know gra- grammatically. I really don't know uh, if if one has to be has to be quote unquote um, if it has to be who or that. Uh, but 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 that's why that's why I do it. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the safe it. It goes back and forth. You don't usually use that for an individual. It's supposed to be like a little pejorative. Like you said, it's not acknowledging the the wonderful being that is spoken about. I personally think it's nitpickers who I detest that pick on that, but whatever. It's best to avoid it. The safe rules. Who usually refers to, who refers to people? Sometimes that does. That and which refer to groups or things. Okay, here's an example. Fletcher is the person who screened the new film in his private movie theater. 
But then you would say, the movie, that was about the exciting world of linguistics, was shown at Fletcher's house. Mm-hmm. And you would say, a group of fellow critics, that attended, you can say that legally there, because it's a group, sang for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. But you would say, the critics who attended, if you weren't saying uh, the group of critics. Right. But you could actually, because it still is a group, you could still legally and not get attacked, say that. Okay. Although you could still legally, in any case, use that as well for any th- for any humans. The convention is to use who for individual humans. That's that's what it is. It's not te- it's not like incorrect. It's conventionally incorrect or not used. Hey, Kathy, if you were talking about one of your cats, what would you say? Who or that? That's a really good question because I use both. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're my cats. Well, they're <laughs> our cats. So I would say, like, you know, Turia is the one who was lying on the bathroom floor looking like, you know, a, a little snail. But I do sometimes <laughs> say that. Mm-hmm. I, I, animals, I think pets are, are, are an odd thing because I think we anthropomorphize so much. I mean, the, these three little kitties are my family. Right. <laughs> you know, how dare I just say that? But I do say that sometimes. I'm not yeah. denying it. And that's why I asked specifically about your cats rather than you know, the snake that you saw outside, because you would probably yeah, just right. refer that, to that, is, that as that. That is a that. Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly enough, the Chicago Manual of Style says that you do use who for animals, and you use that for objects only. It says literally, as oh, I think it's not them, it's another one. As for pets, they aren't people, but they aren't quite things to us either. If an animal is anonymous, it's that. The stray dog, that. If it has a name, it can be either a that or a who. Which is, I think, very interesting. I'm looking for a dog that can act. Lassie is a dog who can. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. Okay, may we move on to the next (laughs) sentence? Well, we certainly can. (laughs) Okay, or might we move on to the next sentence? Oh, might. Oh, God. Okay. Mm. All right. Okay. This is another one that drives me a little crazy. This one really drives me especially crazy because when Kathy and I were kids, we, we lived overseas and we read a lot of English books. And the English get it differently than the Americans do. So we're really a mess with this one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Fletcher might give Ross and Kathy a million dollars as a happy co-host appreciation gift. Sentence one. Sentence two. Fletcher may give Ross and Kathy a million dollars as a happy co-host appreciation gift. Now, Fletcher, is there a difference in the usage of might and may right here? Well, I can I can make one. Um, <laughs> Do that. <laughs> you may. <laughs> when you well, you, there you just you just sort of did it for me. Uh, when you use might, uh, you're saying I. It, it's possible that I do this, and it's possible that I don't. Uh, when you say may, you could be saying that someone allows me to do that. I may. You got it. They're 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 a little bit fuzzy, and across the pond in England, the usage is a little bit different. But in general, may is used in the present tense, and it's used to describe what's called a probable hypothetical. So it could be So, Ross, you and I happening. prefer the Fletcher may give Ross and Kathy yes. a million dollars. <laughs> exactly. And it can be used to ask permission. Might is usually used in the past tense, and it's a hypothetical Unlikely. Unlikely, hypothetical. Mm. And it's also used to describe situations that did not occur. However, in British English, might is often used to ask for permission. Might I come in is very British. 
Americans can say, actually, we don't even say may, can I, can I, we'd say can I come in. Can, actually, in yeah, yeah, we would. I would never say, may I come in? I would say no. So here's a question I'm, I've never been quite sure on. Um, let's say someone says, hey, after work, we're going across the street to have a few drinks. You're welcome to join us. And then I say to them one of two things. I say either, yeah, I might do that, or yeah, I may do that. Is there is the, is there a difference there, and, and should I be using one or the other? Theoretically, there's a difference because theoretically, like as Ross said, might is un- more unlikely, whereas may is more probable. That said, to my ear, might sounds better than may. That's what it does to think? me too. It does. Yeah, to I me mean, too. it sounds wrong to say, yeah, I may go. Yeah, I may go over. I'd say, yeah, I might go over. It does to me too, but I don't, and I think that really comes into the problem with these two. They basically really sort of kind of meet the same, but we sort of kind of have a slight feeling of a difference. I may enroll in graduate school next year. I might enroll in graduate school next year. I think there are clear differences between those two. I don't think so. I know technically there are. I know technically I may enroll in graduate school is 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 you're more confident it's more likely and i might yeah. is less likely what do you think fletcher? i don't hear anything different and to my ear i, I they're in okay i'm curious what fletcher thinks though right now what do you think fletcher i'm i'm closer to kathy and partly because i've never really known i i certainly have never known this this distinction that you're making here between which is slightly or or more more likely uh i've never really known that and i've never really known if you are supposed to use one or the other. I'm not really sure I have that that difference that you do, Ross. Okay. You don't and you don't either, Kath, do you? Now you're saying. No, I mean I know it's tech I know the technical sort of rule, but I, I don't I have no problem with interchangeable. I really don't. I mean there are times when I think they are. I mean like when you're talking mm-hmm. about the past and the present, may and might are very I think more obvious. I think it might rain tomorrow. I think it may rain tomorrow. Do you hear a difference or not? Not really. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. However, I mean, I think that if anyone corrects might or may, I think we can dump them in a rain barrel. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting a little more violent. (laughs) You may may dump them in a rain barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Or he might. We probably will. The thing is, I think the minute I hear May, I go to the May and Can, which I remember mom, Ross, you remember mm-hmm. that. Mom was always correcting us on the May and Can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but dad did too. Did he? You can't, you know, May, you, can I kind of have some food? You may. Yeah, he always did as oh, well. Oh, yeah, you're right. Hey, boy, did he do yeah. it. Yeah, I, I can't, that one I really can't stand. Uh, you technically should say May or can't. I mean, can you have food? Of course you can have food. The question is, you know, may you, whatever. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, that, one, really, that one feels like something that, that people just use now so that they can jump on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're going to do a very persnickety one. This is an A versus Anne. So it's Flet- two sentences again. Fletcher's house is so large, he could open an hotel. Fletcher's house is so large, he could open a hotel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a friend who is... How can I say this without using it? I'm just going to. Who is an historian who hates it, hates it, hates it when people say an historian. Uh, I, I kind of I like an historian, but an hotel does not sound good to me. I, I, don't, I don't know 
technically what is correct. I know like in French, H is, you know, could be a vowel, but I'm not really sure with English and especially American English. I'm not sure if one is correct or if, if one is not. It, I just kind of go by how it sounds to me. Okay, I'm going to say I'm with your friend on the historian mm-hmm. personally. I'm so like, am I. On. So am I completely. Okay, real, what it is is, okay, we know it's A before a consonant and an before a vowel. Fine. But then you go back to, you say an hour. You don't say a hour, but you say a hostess, not an hostess. Yeah, the key point, Fletcher, is are you pronouncing the H or not? Mm-hmm. The, the an comes before a vowel. If it's like hour, it's the, there's an H there, but you're not pronouncing it. So it's a vowel. So it's an hour. It's the sound. It's like right. the sound of the word, not the actual sure, letter. Right. Sure, definitely. If it's a vowel sound, it's an an. If it's a consonant sound, it's an a. But. <laughs> so your an historian is not right. It's a historian. Although, this I didn't know until we we just like were looking up notes for this. The reason a lot of people still say an historian was like it used to be you didn't pronounce that initial H. It was historian more pronounced. Yes, yeah, that's right. And I when I am speaking, I often barely pronounce that H on historian if I'm saying an historian. I mean, there, I just did it. So interestingly enough, you're not in that case, you're technically not in sort of uh, violating that rule. Because you're basically, because you're not doing it. You're not pronouncing the H. So technically, if we're going to really argue, you're being correct to say, you could tell your friend you're actually being grammatically correct to say an historian. Right. Rather or than linguistically correct. I'm, I'm, yes. just, I'm just mispronouncing historian. Yeah. I think you should have more of a Cockney accent. <laughs> or, it would yeah, work yeah, just no. fine. <laughs> yeah, you're pronouncing it differently. Actually, do you guys know the, do you guys know the, re, the ruling behind that? The linguistic thing idea is that, in effect, there's a glottal stop after a. Uh. Mm-hmm. And English hates, and then when you start with the vowel, you do another sort of uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh sound. English hates double glottal stops. Uh, elephant doesn't like that. Uh, uh, so it does an elephant, which is more mellifluous and smooth. But does it feel right to you? It feels right to you guys to say a historian or a historian? It just feels weird to me. It sort of rolls better to me to say an, histori- an historian. You know something? I never thought of it, but... I think you're completely correct. <laughs> I disagree with the two of you. I'm sorry. You're just getting wooed, Ross. Now An historian. Just think of it. An historian. It sounds nice. Yeah. And what Fletcher said is true, that you don't really, if you say an historian, you're not really pronouncing the H anyway. A historian. I, I would say a historian, which sounds ugly. Okay. What about historic? A historic moment and historic moment? An historic moment occurred yesterday. That sounds good. When Fletcher announced his candidacy for presidency. A historic. See? Yeah, but you don't go a historic. You're, you're, it's a, a historic. A historic. Okay, a, a historic. historic. No, it's a historic. A historic. I just said a historic. You said you don't say it. You went a historic like that. A historic. Just... An historic. I think an historic sounds a lot prettier. An historic moment occurred yesterday. A historic moment occurred yesterday. I think that's gorgeous. Sign me up. <laughs> historic moment. <laughs> now, I far prefer an historic moment. It's incorrect, technically, but I like it better. Yeah. And historic. No, 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 no. It sounds wrong. And historic. And historic. Well, it when, sounds you, like when you say it that way. Anaphylaxis or When you say it that way. I know, Kathy, you're glottalizing it to the extent. Actually, let's move farther or further on to the next. Oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, this is an easy one. I think we've discussed it before, too. I think so. So Fletcher will know it. Fletcher's swimming pool is a bit farther to the right than his tennis court. Fletcher's swimming pool is a bit further to the right than his tennis court. I have to interrupt. Are we right that it's to the right? It might have been to the left. We weren't sure. Good question. What? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with left or right? Your no, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Oh. Kathy, <laughs> just, Kathy is doing a furbelow. Spell furbelow, Fletcher. I was wondering if your swimming pool was a bit uh, further to the left oh, right. as opposed okay. to the as right. Opposed to the Fletcher's right. swimming pool is a bit farther to the right. Fletcher's swimming pool is a bit further to the right. Well, in this case, it seems like we're talking about actual distance, um, actual physical distance. So I would probably say farther. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So this is this is one of those things that I I both am a personal stickler about, but also I don't care one bit what other people do. Mm-hmm. You're completely correct. Farther is distance, uh, but here we go. This is a little bit tricky here. Further can also be used for distance, but farther cannot be used to replace further. Yeah, do you can understand use, this. Anytime you use farther, you can legally use further. But anytime you use further, you can't necessarily legally use farther. Well, my favorite is one of the definitions of further is farther. Yes. <laughs> my question is, though, apropos further, farther, because I, I feel like Fletcher does. I personally use them correctly, but I don't really care. I mean, you, I, as far as I'm concerned, interchangeable. How do you guys feel? I know we've talked about this before, but I don't remember your responses. Less, fewer. Mm. That one really gets me because I almost... I hear it misused and it's i wouldn't castigate someone for misusing the 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 two you know but it does bother me Mm -hmm. using like using it incorrectly i don't what about uh, do you how do you feel uh it still bugs the heck out of me Uh, now again like you said it's not something that i would uh, i wouldn't castigate anybody for it And, and i even defend people who who use them interchangeably, but it still bugs the heck out of me when people do. I'm the same. I'm, I'm the, the same. same with you guys. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Because, I mean, the whole thing in the supermarket, although here I don't see it because it's in Spanish, but, the, <laughs> the you know, <laughs> five items or less or five items or fewer or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder if, if, I mean, that I think is going to disappear in about 20 or 30 years, the distance. Because the difference, because I see it everywhere misused now. Farther, further? Yeah. Oh, no, less, fewer. Oh, I think farther, further too. I mean, frankly. oh, farther, fe- I think farther, further is gone now. Yeah, I, don't I think agree. People really, I agree. You know, they, they, no one says it. No one I got to really tell you, I'm looking here at the two words, and I can't handle them anymore because it's like the R T H E R is suddenly <laughs> making me get tense. It's well, we, like, have a, ah. we, have a, we have another problem. We should do rhotic English, where you add R's and don't use R's, etc. <laughs> yeah, like Uncle Jim with the drawer. Like because further, because like, like father, because farther. Father would be farther in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> farther is further from the whatever. I don't know. Yeah, so it would be my farther is further from the farther corner. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not going to that corner. <laughs> I'm going yeah, further no, away. That's, that's right. <laughs> You're Saying It Wrong is part of the NPR Podcast Network and is produced by me, Fletcher Powell, in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. 
Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus records from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Our digital team is Beth Golay and Carly Cooper. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please tell everyone you know and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can email me at powell at kmuw.org or email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross's other books pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And a number of their books are also available on audiobook, read by the authors themselves. Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can find out more about what they're doing at their website, kandrpetrus.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.